0: Hi folks, this is Michael and welcome to the Blood Walk. And today, briefly, I, uh, I want to share with you something that I think you're going to find pretty interesting. And it has to do with a massive mistranslation in, uh, in the book of James. And uh, James 3.6, as a matter of fact. And I'll just read it to you real quickly here, and then I'm going to point out what was uh, horrifically obscured. Uh, and the tongue is a fire. A world of iniquity, so is the tongue among our members that it defiles the whole body and it sets on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire of hell. all right, let's isolate this little part right here, course of nature. This is really kind of extraordinary when you uh when you go back and you look up and you and you peel off the English translation and what did James really say here? This course of nature is actually called the wheel of Genesis, the cycle of creation, all right? The cycle of creation. Uh, Why is that important? Why is that important? Because as you begin to see, the seven days of creation, it's a wheel, it's a cycle, all right? And each one of the days of creation makes up a section of that wheel, You know, like uh, pie slices, all right? Well, if you remove one of those days of creation, okay, such as the Sabbath, right? The Sabbath, come on, people, read Genesis. The Sabbath was the seventh day, the seventh day, all right? So, unfortunately, in Christianity, what happened? And this was done by... You know, I'm not going to lay this at the feet of Paul, although he did kind of lay the groundwork for them to, you know, get pretty uh, fast and loose with the word. Um, but what happened is the, uh, the Catholics, or the Pope rather, uh, during the time they had hijacked the gospel, and they did. It was a, I, I I'm going to pause here, I'm going to share something with you again. Yahshua said, do not cast your pearl before swine, nor give what is holy to the dog's. You ever wondered who the dogs were? A lot of folks think, well, this is just the the entire, you know, uh, realm of the Gentiles. However, you go back into uh, Psalm 22, and you're reading about the ones who actually crucified Yahshua. And uh, in Psalm 22, it says, Dogs have surrounded me, the strong bulls of Bashan. They have pierced my hands and my feet. Who pierced his hands and his feet, folks? It was the Romans. It was the Romans. They were considered the dogs. Sorry if there's any Catholics out there. Sorry about you folks who are Italian, but that is scripture, and that's what it says, that they were considered the dogs. Don't give what is holy to the dogs. In other words, don't give the covenant to the dogs. Don't give the holy words, the words from above, to the dogs. Well, I'll tell you what. There was an apostle out there who never heard those words. He never heard him. He never sat at the feet of Yahshua, and he wasn't really an apostle, except that he appointed himself an apostle. And first thing he did was he took what was holy and he gave it to the dogs. Right? And uh pretty much the rest is history. The uh the gospel was uh captured, brutalized, ripped to shreds uh refashion, redesigned and handed back to uh you know to the to the common everyday Christian, uh, and it was corrupted. It was broken. It doesn't work anymore. You know, it it's like uh, it, it, it you know it's like what happened to the Jews happened to the Christians. Okay? Both both nullified the commandments, both made null and void the commandments for the sake of their tradition. And today uh Again, bad translation at the end of each gospel, right? Uh, Talking about the uh, the day that Yahshua rose from the dead. And they say, oh, gee, he rose from the dead on the first day. So, hey, I guess we don't need the Sabbath anymore. Let's honor Sunday. And we'll call Sunday the Sabbath to honor that resurrection. Well, sad fact is, folks, is that (laughs) Yahshua rose on the Sabbath. All you had to do is go back and read it. He was already gone and out of the grave before it dawned on the first day. He was already gone. He rose on the Sabbath, not on the first day, on the Sabbath. So here's the deal. Uh, the popes, they, well, and Romans, okay, come on, you got to, come on, Roman, come on, pagan, come on. You know, the height of paganism was, you know, the Roman pantheon, right? And in the Roman pantheon, uh, first day of the week, right, was called Sunday because that was the day they worshipped the sun god. You know, uh, what was his name? Saul Invictus, right? One of the high holy gods of Rome. So they they eliminated. They just eliminated the Sabbath totally, right? And they say, oh, it's going to be on the first day now. And uh, and if we catch you keeping it on the seventh day, we'll kill you. Right? And they did, you know, for well over a thousand years until there until there became this miracle this miracle on planet earth called america called the united states of america rome had controlled uh had controlled the religion and they were brutalizing butchering murdering torturing throwing into unspeakable agonies anybody who deferred from Rome. That's why our ancestors that came to this nation and founded it, especially the ones on the Mayflower, that's why they came in, in England. I'll tell you a little story here. When, when, anyway, when I was a youngster in, in, in the walk, man, I cut my teeth on Fox's Book of Martyrs, and I highly suggest folks read it. You're going to find out what people went through, right? Oh, God. There was a uh, there's his story It took place in, uh, in Great Britain, in England, and at that time, it was, it was in the 1600s, and at that time, it was absolutely death penalty illegal for the common man to even look at the words of the book, all right, and, and, and the Bible was chained to the pulpits, so here's a little story. This kid, he was about 15 or 16 years old, and he had a heart after God, and he just wanted to see the word. So we snuck into the church one night, and he had the audacity to open the Bible and to look at it and to read it, and he got caught. And what they did was they burned this kid at the stake, and they used green wood to do it. And I don't know if you know anything about burning green wood, but it burns slow. Slow. It's a slow burn. So they slowly burned this boy to death for the crime of looking upon the word of God. This is what my ancestors fled out of England, right? It's, uh, those were my roots out of Wales, and our people were being butchered and slaughtered. So God had mercy on his people, and he opened up a new world, right? And it was America. And uh, anyway, I've got a heart for our country and for many reasons. And I'll tell you what, even in America, up until the time of the Revolutionary War, you know, the uh, signing of the Declaration of Independence, uh, the crafting of the Constitution and the Bill of Rights, even in America, all right, now this is, uh, uh, oh, I don't know, maybe 30 years before the Revolution, a little story about uh, Benjamin Franklin. And uh, they had a Bible, all right? Now at this time, the Brits controlled... Right We were under the iron grip of uh of Great Britain, and we had uh, you know Redcoat soldiers everywhere, and again, in America, even in America folks, if you got caught with a Bible, they'd kill you dead right there in your house. they'd haul you out, shoot you, hang you, do you, whatever, draw and quarter you just for the crime people of having a Bible all right and uh, I remember a story. Well, it was told by Benjamin Franklin that uh, they did have a Bible, but everybody had to find these really super clever hiding spots because the Brits were all the time breaking into houses. They didn't knock. You know, uh, that's why we have a law about uh, unlawful search and seizures, because that's what the Brits used to do to us, right? Unlawfully search, unlawfully seize. And uh, before the Revolution, a lot of things that they were looking for was the Bible. If you had a Bible, they'd kill you dead, right? So there was a lot of good reasons why America had to break away from that bastard abomination called Christendom. You know that uh, that religion that was uh, founded and controlled by Rome, the dogs. Right? Don't give what is holy to the dogs after they have eaten. They will turn and rend you, and that is exactly what Rome did to the believers. They turned and they rended them. They ripped them to pieces. Right? Terrible, terrible, terrible shit happened. Pardon my language, but it did. So anyway, back to the Sabbath, and you know, and just uh, just personally, you need to ask yourself, man, why were they so upset about the Sabbath? All right, let's go back to James here. All right, your enemy is not stupid, right? Uh, the course of nature, the wheel of Genesis, the cycle of creation. Now, what you need to do here is you need to picture. A great big giant wheel, all right? And another wheel within that wheel. The giant wheel are the seven great days of creation. And the little wheel, people, is your weekly Sabbath. Why is it important to keep the Sabbath on the seventh day? A, is part of the word of life. Keep the commandments and live, right? God called the Sabbath on the seventh, right? and Christians today, they absolutely justify it, and I've got many friends that they just blow off keeping the Sabbath on the seventh day. Oh, any day in seven is fine. Well, any day in seven breaks the cycle of creation within you. Within you. You have a cycle of creation happening within you. If you've listened to my podcast, I've shared with you that the Torah, the Torah is the holy seed. All right, So, When you reject this commandment, when you make null and void any of his commandments, you abort the holy seed, all right? The cycle of creation within you is broken. Why is it important to have that cycle of creation within you? So that God can recreate on the inside of you the new Adam. But you have to be faithful to his word in order for this to happen. And if you're blowing off, making null and void his commandment, it simply will not happen, right? So moving the Sabbath, shifting the Sabbath from the seventh day to the first day, all right, effectively broke the gospel. It, I mean, and it is a broken covenant. You can call it a testament all you want to, but it is certainly not a covenant. And if it is, Christianity has really busted it to pieces. Okay? And it needs to be restored. Hence, you know, my little little teaching on the resurrection of Elijah, you must restore the Torah and the testimony and be faithful to both. Because when you separate the Torah from the testimony, you've got a broken covenant. You have a broken wheel. It it stands as a gatekeeper it stands as a gatekeeper to effectively keep you away from obtaining the kingdom of heaven within you you want heaven on the inside people, you want it on the inside okay, that's where it's really, really fun is when it's on the inside right, I'm not saying it's fun on the outside, but it's a phenom. it is constant phenomenal joy when you have the covenant on the inside. You know, there was this uh, this book that came out many years ago, and it was done by a gentleman named uh, Dr. Walter Martin, and it was called The Kingdom of the Cults. And in his book, The Kingdom of the Cults, he isolates a certain group in Christianity. And the reason why he isolates them and calls them a cult is, guess what, folks? This sect of Christianity the Seventh-day Adventist, and I'm not a Seventh-day Adventist, but I I respect these guys. I respect them a lot. Uh, the reason why he called them a cult is because, guess what? They keep the Sabbath on the seventh day, you know? And, and so in Christianity, if you keep the Sabbath on the seventh day, you're automatically labeled as an apostate. You're labeled as a cult. You're labeled as, you know, having gone far off the track, you know, I mean, you know, cults uh, Cults are governed by demons, and, and to accuse this section of Christianity as being controlled by demons because they keep the seventh-day Sabbath, and they also keep the Ten Commandments. That's their deal, man. They are the seventh-day Sabbath. They keep the commandments, and guess what? They're also vegetarians, right? Right. Well, you all know that Paul slammed damn the vegetarians as being weak in the faith, right? Well, guess what? Yeshua was a vegetarian, and so were the apostles of the Lamb, right? They kept the table of God, which was the third day. That was called the table of God. That's when he gave us all the greens, right? All all the herbs, all the fruit, all the veggies, you know, the nuts, right? That was our diet. That was called the table of God, and he created it on the third day day right part of the fall of man had to do with you go back and you can read the book of Enoch about this was when the Nephilim came right the first thing they did was they began eating everything inside right and pretty soon they'd eaten all the fruits and the veggies and now they needed something else to eat so they started eating the animals and when they depleted the animals they began eating men and what we had there was the Nephilim taught man to eat flesh all right, to eat dead food, uh, to eat blood, everything that God said was absolutely taboo. This is what they did, right? So anyway, back to the Sabbath. So even in America today, uh, there's a price to pay for keeping the Sabbath on the seventh day. And uh, and this is something that, that, that God gave to my wife and I. Uh, uh, shortly after, well, maybe maybe a year after he had given me his name, and and, and he, he he required that we be faithful to walk in his name. All right. So the next thing that he gave us was the Sabbath. Right. This was new to us too, man. It was like back in what nineteen ninety four. All right. And God taught us about the Sabbath and said to keep it, so we did. All right. But there was a price to pay. And uh, and for me, you know, being a breadwinner of the family, I, I was fired from uh, from two jobs for keeping the Sabbath on the seventh day. Uh, when I applied for the job, I told them up front, hey, I cannot work on the seventh day. I can't work on Saturdays, guys. This is my Sabbath, right? Any other day of the week, sure, I'll work, but, uh, but not the seventh day. And so generally when I'd apply for a job, uh, they'd say, okay, that's fine. But once you get the job, now they all of a sudden start demanding that you work on Saturday, that you work on the Sabbath, right? Well, I said, no, I can't do that. I told you up front. This happened to me twice. And twice I was fired from jobs because I wouldn't break the Sabbath. And it was kind of a tough test at the time because, uh, you know, we were flat broke. We didn't have any money, you know, and we're living from paycheck to paycheck, right? So it's like, here's the threat. You either break the Sabbath or... You know, or you, you know, or you're out in the street, and that was a threat always. and But you got to choose the Sabbath and just trust that God is going to keep and take care of you, you know, if you're faithful to his word. And by golly, he most certainly did. He certainly did, but I tell you what, I had to have this happen to me twice to get fired. And then within about a week of being fired from my second job, right, and it was, and it, was it truly was over the Sabbath he dropped a business into our laps to where we got to choose the days where we work and not the uh, not the boss, right? <laughs> We got to choose, so uh, it, it it was pretty cool. But uh, that was, uh, as a matter of fact, that, that was pretty neat. It, it was awesome. It was just like, oh, gosh, Heavenly Father, you really do honor this. But this is a test. This is a, like a wilderness test that you're going to go through when you start with the commandments. Why is starting with the commandments so important? Well, think about some of these things that Yahshua said. But he who shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven shall teach the commandments, shall do the commandments and teach others to do them, right? But if you break the least of these commandments and teach others to do so, you will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. That's a pretty ignominious place, folks. I don't know anybody in their right mind who would want to be counted as absolutely, utterly insignificant, right? The opposite of great. So that's one good reason for today keeping the Sabbath, right? It's the commandments, uh, and when you, when you pick up the cross, people, when you pick up the cross, and you follow Him, and let me tell you something about the cross, all right? I don't know even know if I've shared this before. But do you understand that the blood of the Lamb transfigured the cross itself? It transfigured it. I mean, you talk about making your robes white in the blood of the Lamb. Well, let me tell you something. The blood of the Lamb also made that cross white. Pure, white, light. It is transfigured. And when you pick it up, right? This is the deal, right? Talking about recreating Adam within you, all right? when you pick up the cross and you begin to follow him, it's the beginning of your transfiguration. And as you you carry the cross, as you pick it up, as you walk with him in his walk, as you follow the lamb wherever he goes, right? You are, unbeknownst to you on the inside, you are being transfigured. Your inner man is being filled with light. It's being fed with light. All right, this is what you are formed of. You are formed of the light. For the commandment is the lamp and the Torah is the light. You know, you can go back to the book of Revelation and you can say, and you can read there towards the tail end where it says in the new city that the lamb is the lamp and the glory of God is the light, right? The word doesn't change. The word does not change, right? It's like the lamb is the lamp, all right? The lamb is the the embodiment of the commandments, all right? And the Torah, the instructions of God are the light, but the instructions of God are also the glory of God, all right? Hold on to that. Hold on to that and ponder that. You know, I've said in, in another podcast that every single battle you fight right in the wilderness they're all over the first commandment right the first commandment because here's the deal right if you find something in your life that is more important to you right then uh god says i want you to keep the sabbath on the seventh day i don't give a flying rip what rome says i don't give a flying rip what your pastor says i don't care what your mommy your daddy your brother your sister anybody says This is what I say unto you. Keep the Sabbath on the seventh day, all right? Now then, here is where you are going to find when you are challenged with this what kind of idolatry you might have in your heart, right? Because when you find something in your life more important to you that has a higher priority to you than keeping his word, than doing his word, guess what? That is another God before you. It's another God. Right, and it's not the maker of heaven and earth. Do you understand that? So, if if you break the fourth, right, you've just proved to yourself what's in your heart. You have idolatry there. You got something in your heart that is more important than obedience to the living God. Something more important to you, and that needs to be pointed out, right? So you can get rid of it. So you can choose His word, but you need to know up front. When you get challenged on a commandment, right? And all of a sudden, all these other things start flying up. Like, for example, uh, you choose to do the Sabbath on the seventh day. Well, again, if your boss says, hey, you do that and you're fired, right? So if you hold your job to be more important to you than obedience to God, this is what Yahshua says, you are not worthy to be my disciple. All right? You're not worthy to be my disciple, And this is all part of the cross because it's the commandments themselves, people, that will crucify you as you set out to do them. Yahshua said upon these two commandments, hang all the Torah and the prophets. You shall love Yahweh your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. When this is fulfilled in you, Hello, Transfiguration. Hello, Tree of Life, Hello, Paradise of God. Hello, Kingdom of Heaven. Hello, hello, hello. Man. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to leave you with that. But I did. I just wanted to share with you on the Sabbath. It's been on my heart. You know, it's like, yeah, I was I was going to cut it off here. But, you know, when I see the wheel within the wheel, right, the the great wheel, the seven days of creation, right? And within you are those same seven days. You know, here's another deal. I didn't mean to go off on this, but have you ever considered the, the names of the days of the week that we walk in every single day? By golly, people, these are the names of pagan titans, these are the names of the fathers of the Nephilim. These are named after the fallen ones. And yet we call these our days, right? But i tell you what, if you would take that and renounce those days, renounce a Sunday, right? The sun God, Monday, the moon God, Tuesday for Zeus, Wednesday for, for Odin, right? Thursday for Thor, Friday for Freitag, Saturday for Saturn, right? Get rid of them drive that crap out of your heart, right? And you can begin to name your days after the days of creation. What did God do on the first day, right? Light be and light is. What did he do on the second day? Man, that was the heavens. He made the heavens. What did he do on the third day? He made the earth, right? And he, and, and, and all the veggies, all the trees, all the green, and so on and so forth. The fourth day, the day of the sun, right? The sun of righteousness rising with healing in his wings. I tell you, you keep the commandments of God and you will have that sun of righteousness rising within you and that sun of righteousness is the milvah. It is the milvah and it rises up in you and it bursts forth in you like a brand new sun. So if you could do nothing else in your life, strip the names of those pagan days out of your heart drive them out of your heart and begin to practice calling them by something else and this is you know i know this is not established but this is what i do i'm saying well i can't call this sunday because that's bs right no this is the day god said light be right and i'm not going to call you know the second day the day of the moon hey he didn't put the moon in place until the fourth day why are you doing it on the second day you know, so on and so forth. So everything gets confused and what you get within you is chaos. Chaos within you. All right. So it's just something that's pretty easy to restore, but it takes practice. It's like, uh, for me, I spent most of my life, well, for the first 10, 10 years of my walk, um, calling the Son of God Jesus. There's nothing wrong with this, people. Nothing wrong with that at all. However, when he tells you This is my real name, Yahshua, Yahshua, right? Well, when you're reading the Bible, every time you see the name Jesus, you just say Yahshua, right? And after a while, it becomes second nature, right? And now, of a sudden, you're calling him by his real name. Well, it's the same thing when you're changing the names of the days of the week, and not only the days of the week, look at our months, right? Anyway, I'm going to let you go with that. This is Michael. This is the blood walk, and... uh, And I'll be talking to you again real soon. Bye-bye.